is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 459, recorded on Tuesday, the 5th of November, 2019. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? How are you doing, Jason? I am doing well, Christopher. How are you in your remote location? Well, we're both in remote locations. It's a first time ever. It is. It really is. We're. Uh, it's the first time we've ever recorded where we're both not at our regular studios. And the funny thing is, I can see you on the video, and you're sitting in a hotel room with some curtains behind you, and you can see me sitting in a hotel room with some curtains behind me. That is correct. So it's like we're both on sets, kind of. (laughs) Really crappy hotel room sets. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm in uh, Orlando, Florida at the Dolphin Disney Resort at Disney World, which is exciting. Uh, except not really, because I've I've come to realize since being here that being at Disney but not doing all of the Disney stuff is actually kind of boring. Like, I'm just going, doing my thing for work, and then going out for dinner somewhere, and then coming back to the room, pretty much. Yeah. Which is maybe my own the nature of uh, working. I mean, when you're, you work at these places, they're not as exciting as going for fun. I suppose, yeah. That's very, very true. But I did, on the first day get to go into Disney Hollywood Studios and explore Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and ride the Millennium Falcon and a couple of other things. So I'm nice. very, very happy I did that because it was it was really awesome. Yeah, but the, with the Millennium Falcon didn't make the Kessel Run while you were on it. No, it made some other run that uh, while I was on it. And I did it twice, which was fun. Now, the only bummer of the whole thing was you are assigned a role with your group of six that you fly yeah. the ship with. And oh, yeah. I got I got the same role twice, which was kind of a bummer. I really wanted to try a different one the second time, but unfortunately I had no control over that. So I was an engineer both times, which was fun. Now the second time I nailed it. I got 100% on the button pushing that you have to do. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, not a hard uh, ride slash game to master, but it was fun. It was cool. And the Star Wars, uh, like city that they put you in and you're walking around is pretty immersive. Like you don't know you are still in the real world. You look around and it's all Star Wars everywhere, except for all the, you know, tourists and shirts and shorts and sandals walking <laughs> around. But you know, other than that, it's yeah. great. It's like a lot of places. It, the, the place is fantastic, except there's other people there. Except for all the people. That's right. <laughs> this place yeah. would be great if it wasn't for all the idiots. That's right. (laughs) But it was awesome. I want to shout out, though, a couple of people that gave me some tips and some help and answered my questions. Uh, Simon from Manchester, UK, wrote in an email to us uh, about just his experience at Disney and a whole bunch of tips. Thank you, Simon, for that. And also Joanne, who is a Disney travel agent, I think based out of New Jersey, but she was super helpful as well. Gave me lots of good tips, and it did make my visit a little easier and better. So thank you to you guys for helping me out there. It was great, and uh, I had a fantastic time. Awesome. And if you're a Star Wars fan, I do recommend you give this place a a try. I I spent a lot of money in the cantina, which is essentially like a Mos Eisley cantina type place, uh, except instead of the cantina band playing the same song, 
We have a droid DJ playing, which is pretty cool. But the whole place is done up exactly like the cantina. And even the people working behind the bar were in costume and kind of in character. And uh, the drinks were expensive, but it was worth the visit. Oh, yeah. They would be. (laughs) This place is extremely good at separating you from your money. I'll just say that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's Disneyland. It is. And I'm also impressed by the frigging fireworks budget. Like, they have you know, Canada Day or Independence Day level fireworks like every single night here. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, they must have, uh, just imagine the stockpile somewhere. I mean, they don't just truck it in every day to set it up, right? That's somewhere they have all this stuff stockpiled. Good Lord, you you must be right. They probably, if that pl- if that building ever caught on fire, it would take a chunk out of the planet. Well, it's probably like 30 buildings and they're bunker type buildings located deep Deep within the bowels of Disneyland. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Except I wouldn't want to be in the bowels of Disneyland. Eesh. Well, I would want not want to be in the bowels of anywhere, really. No, I suppose. Plan, I, I, in fact, I spend a lot of my life trying not to be in the bowels of anything. <laughs> well, good. That's good to know. On that note, yeah. uh, everything normal for you in Lexington, Kentucky, where you are? Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. No, got here late, 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 late last night uh, after a one hell of a stupid friggin' travel day, mm-hmm. flight canceled, then next flight delayed, then, uh, yeah, left at 10 o'clock in the morning, got at the hotel at 2 o'clock in the morning. Whoa. Yeehaw! That's a, that's a bit of long traveling right there. Yeah, for an hour and a half flight. All right, well, let's get into the episode then, because you probably want to get to bed and get some rest, and yeah. by the time we're finished here, it's going to be late. So, uh, yeah. without further ado, everyone, we are here to talk about Season 10, Episode 5, called What It Always Is. So this episode was written by Ellie George, or maybe Eli George, I'm not sure, and directed by Laura Belsey, who has done things like Arrow, Preacher, Criminal Minds, you know, a lot of lot of directing uh, pedigree there. Um, but it's not a Nicotero or something like that. They really do save him for the big ones. Yeah, I'm sure. They do. All right, well, let's start. We begin this episode with Kelly out in the woods. Uh, She's on her own. And at first, we, the audience, are hearing the environmental sounds, birds chirping, you know, trees blowing in the wind, stuff like that. But it slowly disappears to kind of mimic her hearing. And the trauma of it all seems to be affecting her eyesight, even in some ways, because she goes to take down a pig and she's aiming her... um, uh, what do you call that thing? Slingshot. Slingshot, right. And and she can't really focus on it, stuff like that. So she's just being, all of her senses are being affected by, I think, her worsening hearing. Uh, yeah. But she does manage to take it down, but of course gets surprised by a walker. And she manages to save herself, but loses the pig to the zombies. Yeah, that's because the first shot, like, well, first of all, I'm, yeah. So the first shot of the uh, the slingshot didn't kill the boar. So she went over, and the the boar was making noise, but she couldn't hear it. And then she eventually killed it. So the noise of the uh, the dying uh, boar slash pig uh, attracted a walker that she couldn't hear coming. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I, I, I gotta think it's must be pretty dangerous for her to be out there by herself without like the ability to hear. Yeah, right. Well, it would be. So uh, she's always stuck with the crowd before, but now she's on her own. Um, anyways, she ends up running away through the forest. She falls down a hill 
ends up really kind of banged up. She's dazed, leaning against a rock as a zombie approaches from behind, and we cut to the opening credits. Yeah. We don't, we don't know if she's all right. Uh, Michael in London wrote, holy crap, someone fell over in the woods after being chased slash scared by walkers. I haven't seen that for at least three episodes this series. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do run through the woods a lot, but it didn't really strike me as something that's like, oh, here we go again. Somebody running in the woods and falling down. Yeah. Anyways, after the opening credits, we come back and we are with Negan in the woods. He's kind of cleaning up in a stream. And then this guy, Brandon comes up behind him. And at first, it seemed to me like uh, Brandon captured him, like yep. he was out there to bring him back, but really he's there to help him because he says Negan's fast, but it took him a long time to catch up. Yeah, and do have we met Brandon before? Um, I had to look up his name, to be honest with you. Uh, now, they do say it in the episode, but when I was first watching this, I paused. I'm like, who is this guy again? And had to go figure it out. So he, he may have been a background character for a while uh, or sort of on the periphery a little bit, but he's been around. We just haven't really had much focus time with him. Okay. Yeah. But we, like we've seen, we've seen him on screen. Or I think we've seen him the... around a bit. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay, good. Yeah. Um. We go over to Hilltop, though. They are killing the last few zombies, cleaning the place up from the tree, and Eugene has a plan to use every inch of the fallen tree, apparently, for something. Uh, but Alden suggests they make some weapons, including catapults, so that would be cool. Yep. It would be cool. Uh, they, they could make a trebuchet. They could. You, if you and I could make a trebuchet, they could make a trebuchet. So what would, what would good do what a catapult do in the zombie uh, apocalypse? It would it's not like it's not exactly an anti-personnel weapon, right? Which no. is what they're trying to uh what they're trying to fight against is basically people, either dead people or alive people, but they're people and a catapult's meant to batter down walls and stuff. So what the fuck do they need a catapult for? I don't know. It's it's a very good point. I mean, trebuchet isn't much different though. No, yeah, trebuchet was even, you know, a bigger thing for knocking down walls. What they need is a ballista. If they had a ballista, they would just basically be a, a giant thing that shoots arrows, right? Yeah, it shoots giant arrows. You could you could take out people with those, although it doesn't seem like the most efficient way to do it. No, it's not. It's, uh, yeah, they, they now, need to what if, rethink their siege weapon idea. I think, I think they may, actually. Um, what if they shot out, like, I don't know, some sort of explosive or flaming... Uh, deployments from a catapult that way they could light people on fire at least people don't like being lit on fire well zombies don't mind it that's the thing is that no, instead of having zombies thing. walking towards your uh your encampment you've got flaming zombies walking towards your burnable encampment and I suppose that's worse yeah I, I i don't know uh maybe uh spikes make a whole mess of spikes sticking out so that uh, they can't get close like spike traps I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I, I just think that their ideas so far are dumb. What they need yeah. to do is well, put two chainsaws on the handlebars of a motorcycle and just drive around. <laughs> that's, that's probably the best <laughs> idea they, they could they could come up with, yeah. Anyways, yeah. that's what Alden wants to do, but Earl, he's still upset that the Whisperers are attacking, and they're just going to sit there doing nothing. 
Uh, and Yumiko mentions that they still aren't sure this was caused by them, meaning the Whisperers. Yeah. And go ahead. Well, I mean, he, he says that the, you know, the roots are fine. Like this, this tree didn't just fall over. Well, that's right. Exactly. But yeah. she's like, you know what? We don't know for sure. We don't know for sure it was, it was them, you know? So I think later in this episode, we get confirmation that it was. Uh, but for now, they don't know. Um, and then Brianna, another kind of side character, runs up and tells Yumiko that someone has stolen stuff from the root cellar. Yeah. So, um, and it turns out that Magna was supposed to be on watch that night, so Yumiko goes to talk to her about it. Yeah. She mentions that it's the third theft this week, and Magna says that the sickos showed up at the breach, so she left watch to go kill them, but Yumiko suggests she just stick to the job she's assigned. Yeah, you, you, you man your post. You don't uh, you don't abandon your post. That's a that's a court martial a bull offense. Yeah, well, exactly. You don't abandon your post. I mean, everyone has a job. Just do your damn job. Yeah. Uh, but and their relationship clearly is undergoing a significant amount of stress here. It seems to be falling apart a little bit. And I started thinking that you know between Ezekiel and Carol, and now Magna and Yumiko, we've had a couple of different relationships fairly recently fall apart on this show. So I, I wonder if one of the things they're going for this season is just showing the stress that this universe or this world would put on people and make it that much more difficult to stick together maybe as a couple. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a pretty shitty world at this point. So uh, it, it's hard to, it, it's hard to, you know, keep a, a real life going when, when the world's so shitty. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I guess it depends on the people because some people would, would tighten their bonds a little bit, but others uh, will drift apart or be forced apart. Um, and I think the show, you know, over the long run has done a lot of the sort of other side of things where this environment and this zombie apocalypse is going to bring people together and strengthen their bonds. But now we're seeing, at least on an individual personal level, how it's affecting people's ability to, you know, be in good couple relationships. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think they're going to explore it probably a little bit more as the show goes on. Anyways, uh, we see Ezekiel, he's looking upset. And so he's clearly not completely over whatever was bothering him the other week. Uh, Daryl, Dog, and Sadiq return, and they chat with Ezekiel, and Sadiq agrees to go help the infirmary until they leave because they still have all the injured people. Yep. And while Ezekiel is talking, he coughs, which is notable because generally people don't cough when they're delivering lines <laughs> on a TV show. Yeah, we got the we got Chekhov's cough. <laughs> yes, if you cough in the first act, it better come back and mean something in the third. Yeah, and that's you know it's the same thing as as soon as a woman woman throws up on TV, she's pregnant. Exactly, it's just the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, so then another group comes through the gate, and Connie expresses some concern about Kelly, but Oscar, who is seemingly leading this group, is surprised that Kelly's not back, and he says she was tracking something, but she should have been back by now. Hmm. And as as we know, she's gotten herself into some trouble out there. Yep. So, we go to Negan, who's in the woods. Brandon starts whistling, remember, like the saviors used to do. 
Yep. And he says that he doesn't know how Negan got out of his cell, which I thought was interesting because it means that Brandon didn't help Negan escape. He's just followed him off into the woods. Yeah. Which I thought was neat because we still don't know how Negan escaped. And I figured they were going to reveal that this episode. And the most obvious thing was, oh, Brandon let him out and got him out right. there. But it's not the case. They probably don't even lock the door anymore. Is the problem? <laughs> yeah. They probably just left. Probably like, not. fuck it, I'm leaving. Yeah, they they trust me to stay in here, but I'm finally just going to walk out. Yeah. Well, he escaped before and came back. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Brandon goes on to say that he's angry about Rick Grimes killing his parents, and that he also heard that Negan killed Carl. And this is where Negan starts to get a little pissed off. And he says that he would never kill a kid. Yeah. So really, you know, I know it's not new information to us that Negan didn't kill Carl, but it's clear, and they're obviously reinforcing the fact that Negan had a lot of respect for him, I think. Yeah, they absolutely wanted us to know that uh, that, uh, he had a lot of respect for Carl and that, uh, you know, misinformation is out there as well. If, uh, If Brandon thought that, you can kill Carl. There's, you know, a lot of uh, idolatry of Negan and misinformation about this mythical figure, and there's still uh, people willing to follow Negan in our in our group, even though it's been years. Yeah, absolutely. And as the scene ends, Brandon says, "We're both Negan." Getting back to that whole thing, we're all Negan. Yeah. So clearly, yeah, clearly this guy is a Neganite and uh, is hoping that Negan gets back to his old ways. Yeah, he's, he's at least Neganish. <laughs> he's Negan-esque. <laughs> <laughs> so after a commercial break, we're still in the woods with these guys. They come across a barbed wire marker, which is supposed to be one of the Whisperer's borders. And Brandon asks if they should cross, but Negan says no. And suddenly they're attacked by some stealth walkers. Yeah. Totally out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. If the camera can't see it, neither can the characters. And that's exactly what happened here. Uh, So Negan goes down fighting one off, but he manages to save himself by using some of the barbed wire to rip the walker's head right off. (laughs) And the blood just pools on the camera. Uh, Yeah, this wasn't just blood spray on camera. This was like, you know, camera dipped in a bucket of blood. Yeah, yeah, the camera was at the bottom of a clear bowl that got filled with walker blood. It really did, did seem like it, yeah. We, the, the shot was totally obscured by the blood. Uh, but Negan sort of gets up and complains to Brandon for not helping him. And of course, Brandon turns around with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. Yeah. He, he also has Negan's old leather jacket and says he swiped it all from Alexandria. Now clarify something here for me, Jason. This is not the Lucille. No. This is a version of Lucille that Brandon has made, right? Yes, because they they found a barbed wire fence, an old barbed wire fence. So it was barbed wire lying around, and I guess the backpack concealed a bat, uh, and so he wrapped it in barbed wire and gave it to Negan as a present. It's not Lucille. No, he wrapped it in barbed wire while Negan was on the ground fighting yeah, yeah. off this walker. He's very quick. Maybe he's been practicing. I He must be, because that seemed like it took no time at all, and he clearly wasn't carrying it before. <laughs> or, yeah. frankly, he wasn't carrying a 
a regular baseball bat either. So I don't know where it came from. Maybe it was just lying there on the ground. I don't know if you've ever, have you ever used barbed wire for anything or manipulated barbed wire, put out a barbed wire fence, created a barrier out of barbed wire? No, can't say that I have. I've come across the odd barbed wire fence, but I try not to touch it. You need gloves. You can't just manipulate that shit with your bare hands. I mean, the whole point of barbed wire is to rip flesh, right? Or at least uh, deter people from going through it so that they don't get their flesh, flesh ripped. But you can't just wrap a bat in barbed wire without gloves or pliers or something. Well, it's like I guess you we... wrapped it in uh, shoelaces or something. <laughs> that would be easy. I guess we have to assume that Brandon's superpower is barbed wire, I don't know, work, barbed wire uh, knitting work. Yeah, he's got uh, armored hands. That's there you his, go, uh... armored hands, yeah. <laughs> he's got armored armadillo hands. That's his new superhero name. <laughs> oh, look, everyone, it's armadillo hands. He's come to save the day. <laughs> Yay! Yay. Anyways, he gives this stuff to Negan. Negan says to put it back in his backpack because he says he doesn't want to be recognized, which I thought was kind of the dumbest excuse, but also sort of hilarious. And I think Negan knows it's a dumb excuse. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 It was, I don't it put, was tongue in, very tongue-in-cheek. Absolutely. I don't, I don't want to put that on because in case someone recognizes me. <laughs> I like that. Right. Uh, we go over to Aaron. He's doing a little sword practice on the bridge, basically swinging his sword around. Yeah. And he detects something nearby. So he takes a peek and he sees Gamma cutting up a walker and letting its guts all flow out into the stream. Uh, so what was she doing here, Jason? Trying to poison that water supply? Contaminate Well, the problem is that you don't need to cut the guts of a zombie. I would assume... Any water supply would be tainted with zombie goo. So I would boil that shit before I drank it. So I, I, it looked like she was trying to poison the water supply, but it didn't make much sense in the zombie apocalypse setting. Yeah, because it's safe to assume that all the water supply is contaminated. So as you said, boil yeah. it before you drink it. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> Uh, well, anyways, we go back to Negan already, and him and Brandon are watching some walkers, and they are sitting there rating the walkers on hotness, as Negan yeah. says. Yeah. Uh, what they're really doing, though, is looking at the building behind these walkers and determining if it could be suitable as a new sanctuary. Well, that's what Brandon is doing. But it moves on quickly, because they hear some screaming, they run to investigate, uh, Negan has to kill a walker, but breaks his knife and uh, they come across a woman and a kid in an old bus who they go in, they help, they kill some more walkers and Negan absolutely just friggin' destroys one of them by slamming its head in the door of the bus repeatedly. Yeah, and you, you've, you've peed on a bus, right? Well, I mean, with it. the, with a, a bus with a washroom. Uh, probably, but it's been a while. Because it doesn't make, I mean, if, even if you peed on a bus that doesn't have a washroom, then, uh, uh, my question won't make any sense. So okay. the bathrooms on a bus don't exactly have sturdy walls and doors. You know, bashing someone's head in with, uh, with the door of a, uh, a bus bathroom, uh, yeah. probably would take the better part of three hours. 
Well, not the Nerf heads, though. Don't forget the Nerf heads. Yeah, that's true. They should still, though. Everybody should be wearing helmets if everybody's heads are so soft in this universe. It just should be <laughs> standard practice to be wearing hockey helmets. I think that would be hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, maybe this walker's head was just especially decomposed, but, man, does he go to town on it with that door, though. There is nothing left, and it was super gross. Yeah. He should have just poked it with, poked his brain with his finger. I mean, that's all you got to well, do, yeah. right, is you got to poke the brain. Boink, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, in this case, his finger would have gone right through and out the other side. Exactly. Just before we go to a commercial, Brandon yells, Damn, classic Negan. And at this point, I got to say, I'm already starting to get annoyed with this guy. And I'm thinking oh, yeah. to myself, just shut up and stop being such a douchebag. Like, I hated this Brandon guy because I found him annoying. Um, and I was at the, I was thinking, I really hope he dies soon. And yeah, I don't he, want I knew to see he was him dead. on my TV anymore. I knew I knew he was dead from the moment he started being slightly awkward and annoying. Just like, well, okay, we don't like Brandon. He dies. Yeah. So, And that's basically for me from almost the first minute. But this classic Negan line was when I really started to realize it. So I think Brandon right. sucks. <laughs> yeah, Brandon does suck. Commercial break, and we are back with Connie and Daryl. They're out looking for Kelly. Uh, she's upset that she didn't go out with her, of course. And then Daryl uses like half signing and half writing to tell her about Merle. And he tells this story about fishing on a private lake in a stolen boat <laughs> with Merle. Uh, eventually Merle falls in the lake and Daryl swims him to safety. But Merle gives Daryl a hard time because he says he should have saved the beer. Yeah. Uh, and this makes them both laugh and feel better. Some people are just not satisfied no matter what you no. do for them. You can't satisfy some people. Uh, but they hear dog barking at this point because he's found something, and they come across the eaten boar, and they hear a noise behind them, and it turns out Magna has been following this whole time. Hooray! So what's going on there? We don't know yet. Uh, back at Hilltop, we've got Alden and Yumiko uh, talking about repairs, she wants to be out looking for people, but Alden says that the best people are already out there looking for Kelly. So don't worry about that. Yeah. Um, we have Earl, and he's talking about how the tree was healthy, so it didn't fall down on its own. And he says the whisperers won't stop coming unless we do something about this. So this is where he delivers the bit about, you know, that's a healthy tree. It doesn't just fall on its own. Yeah, and it doesn't just, the healthy trees don't just uh, get chopped down without any noise. Yes, exactly. They don't, you can't just push them over and, and, you know. Even <laughs> a, fall even a beaver way. would make no, enough noise to, to annoy you if it was chewing on a tree. Have you ever heard a beaver chew on a tree? It's not quiet. No, it's like woodpeckers. They're not quiet either. Yeah. So how do you get a tree down silently? But you wouldn't necessarily suspect that a beaver or a woodpecker is up to no good. So maybe. The Whisperers command an army of beavers. Oh, God, that's scary. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> With their teeth and their their slappy tails. Exactly. They're scary. Like, they got these big fat tails that can slap the water, and uh, I bet they could slap you silly if they really wanted. I'm sure they could, yeah. I watched this movie once called Zombievers, 
And uh, those were some mean-ass beavers, I'll tell you. And zombies. You can't, that can't be right. You're just making that up. No, is it's a real right. movie? No, I, it's a real movie. It is. I, I don't recommend it, but I watched it because, <laughs> you know, zombies and beavers, what could possibly go wrong? Wow. Uh, any, anyways, um, to get back to this, we have Ezekiel talking to Sadiq, and he mentions how medical supplies have been stolen lately. So not only are things from the root cellar going missing, but also medical supplies, which yeah. is concerning. Somebody's stocking up for an exit. They may be, um, but these two are talking about Henry for a minute, and then Ezekiel starts coughing again, and he reveals to Sadiq that he has a giant lump on his neck. He's had it for a month, and obviously it's thyroid cancer. Yeah. So, wow, this is a huge bummer. Um, Ezekiel has thyroid cancer. He explains that it runs in his family, so he knows exactly what it is. And he kind of talks about how before, in the real world, it was very, very survivable with appropriate treatment. But now, it means certain death. Pretty much. And he's right. Yeah, he's right. So I'm, I mean, there's no way Ezekiel can survive after that, can he? Cancer doesn't just go away. No, it doesn't just go away. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a death sentence for sure. It's it's really kind of a bummer. I don't want to see him die, especially like this. But Sadiq mentions that he's been struggling <laughs> since the barn incident. Uh, and his point is that you can't get away from your problems, but at least we can talk and be here for each other. Oh, Which I don't know how I don't know I don't know how helpful that is when someone just said, you know, I have incurable cancer and it's definitely going to kill me. Um, and also Don in Wisconsin wrote in and said, holy goiter, Sadiq is the worst <laughs> doctor ever. You have cancer? How about acupuncture and hypnosis? Better yet, why don't you just sit there, Ezekiel, and let me talk about my own problems? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people are just assholes. I mean, he can still be a really good doctor, but have poor bedside manner. I mean, that's a thing, and it's too bad, but I think maybe his bedside manner is being affected by his inability to process the events in the barn uh yeah and some people are all me 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 i don't care what your problem is it's, it's uh, you know sure you got thyroid cancer and you have a big goiter on your on your neck uh that reminds me of my problems let me tell you about them <laughs> <laughs> right and in fact they're some... not even gonna, they, they don't even spell certain death in my case but you know still yeah see yeah some people are like that yeah that's true a lot of people are like that but they i'm are. just sad that Ezekiel has been given this terminal cancer. Uh, I think it really sucks. And it does, you know, in all seriousness, make me realize that, boy, living in the real world with modern medicine is quite the blessing, considering if it all went away, people would just be dying for, you know, stubbed toes and, like, infected scrapes and cuts and things like that, let alone incurable cancer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, we live in uh, magical times, my friend. We really, really do. All right. We go back to Negan, and so this woman's name is Amelia, and she's explaining to Negan that they've been moving from place to place. She mentions her son is named Milo. Uh, they two, those two go for a walk, and Brandon, being the dick that he is, suggests to Negan that they follow and rob them. He's so much of a bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, and, you know maybe there was a time when Negan would have done that, but I don't even think so because remember 
And it, it comes up in this scene that people are a resource, remember? Negan doesn't want to kill anyone. He just wants to yeah. use them for their stuff. Yeah, exactly. You don't just rob people. That's like uh, killing the golden goose. It's just, you know, you enslave them and get them to do what you want. Or you convert them to your cult of personality and uh, use them for your own gain. You don't just rob them and let them go. That's crazy. Or rob them and kill them. There's no point in that. So yeah, uh, Negan stops him from going to do this. And he tells Brandon that he should just go back to Alexandria uh, but Brandon says he can't go back because people will question him. Of course, what are you doing? Where you been? Uh, and then Negan gets a little tougher and says, you know, I don't care where you go, but I don't want to ever see your creepy, ugly face again. Yeah. So he, se- he sends him away. Um, we cut over to Alpha. Haven't seen the Whisperers in a little while. And she is coaching a Whisperer in carving the face off of a dead walker. That's <laughs> shitty coaching. Careful now. That's not coaching. Well, Careful now. The ears are tricky. It's just, yeah. That's not that's, really coaching. That's just going, you know, I'm not sure what that is, but that's not coaching. I, I suppose it's not technically coaching, but it's, you know, maybe she's evaluating this whisperer's technique. Yeah. It's like Homer becoming the safety officer for the nuclear power plant and walking around going, hey, safen up a bit. <laughs> safen <laughs> up a bit. Be a little more safe over there, would you? Yeah. <laughs> Be more well, safe. Well, that's what Alpha's doing, but uh, Gamma walks up and reports that she's been damning the creek, but needs another guardian, as they call them. So damming the creek is a little different than trying to contaminate it. I think maybe they're trying to cut off the water supply to a degree for, uh, you know, one of the towns. Uh, She's doing a piss poor job at damming the creek. Well, especially Uh, when we only see her dump one zombie in, like it would have been helpful to see the dam in some way. Yeah, it well, it, it's kind of ridiculous because I, you know, moving forward, when she does get another guardian to dump into the water, she dumps it not even into the water on this little island in the water. So right. she's like, there's no, there's no damming going on here. She's not piling bodies in the same place. She's kind of scattering them about, tell and telling Alpha that she's creating a dam, and she just needs one more walker to create this dam. It's like. Get a fucking log or something. You know, pile some rocks over there. Like, why do you need zombies to make a dam, you idiot? I mean, so, once again, learn from beavers. They know what they're doing when it comes to making dams. You use wood, right? You make a dam. You create an island. You put a, you put a, uh, a nice cozy den in the middle of the island. You go onto the water. You come into the den. You raise a family. That's what you do. You don't just throw zombies willy-nilly into the creek and go, I'm making a dam. I'm making a dam. I need more zombies to make a dam. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't. But what we do learn from this scene, it comes next, because Alpha says that their actions with, quote, the creek, the border, and the tree will crush them. So we now know, at least the audience knows, that the walkers, I mean, the whisperers are behind the tree for good. Obviously, yeah. they they shrunk the borders. We knew that. And whatever they're doing in this creek, you know, they're doing too. And then the other whisperer who was cutting off the face and minding the ears says that they should release the entire herd and cut the enemy down all at once instead of doing it in these little groups. So now we also know that it was, in fact, the Whisperers that sent the little groups to Alexandria in case there was still any question. Yeah, and it doesn't make any sense. What these people are doing doesn't make any sense. Well, you know, they're 
I think they go for the chaos theory a little bit. Like, let's do all this crazy shit and no one will know what to expect from us. Okay, so what they're doing is, if, let, let me see if I got this right. So they've yeah. got three things going on. They got the uh, the walkers, the tree, and the uh, and the creek. So as far as the creek goes, they're scattering zombies willy-nilly into the creek in the hopes that eventually somehow it'll damn the creek. Yes, okay. sounds right. So that's the first point. The second one is they have this tree that uh, they pushed over. Mm-hmm. Okay, still don't understand how they, you know, even if they are responsible for the tree, how? How? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, did they, so did they throw zombies at the tree in the hope that the tree would fall over, and then it did? Well, so, our army of beavers, don't forget. I think that's how they did it. Well, they would make a lot of noise, though, right? I know, I but we no established one... that. Uh, right, that's right, but it's noises that people wouldn't question. They're like, oh, beavers are over there. We'll just let them do their thing. Okay, so if they had an army of beavers, they could accomplish both the tree and the damming of the creek quite easily. I mean, look at me. The roles have reversed here for once, Jason. Now I'm yeah. proposing the crazy army of beavers. Yeah, 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 usually I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, and and I'm on board. I think that this crazy army of beavers is exactly what they need uh, in order to accomplish at least two of their three current goals. Okay, before you continue, I would like to propose a new uh, podcast rule, and that okay. is that any time there's something crazy on the show that doesn't make sense, we refer to it as the Army of Beavers. All right, so Army of Beavers, it's now a coined phrase. It's a coined phrase, yeah. All right, thank you. Uh, so the third thing that they're doing is they're sending wave after wave uh, of zombies at their various communities in order to annoy them? Well, again, I I think it is to wear them down and force them into poor decision making or at least force them into a decision that the walker that the whisperers want them to make. Okay. Let's let's uh the only analogy I can think of at this point is like, let's say you have a hornet's nest in your eaves of your house. Yes. You have, you have three options. One, you can throw rocks at it every half hour to annoy them. Maybe they'll uh-huh. make some bad decisions and uh, leave. I, I'm not sure exactly what the goal would be. But you throw rocks every once in a while at the, uh, uh, at the hornet's nest in the hopes that you wear them down eventually and they make bad decisions. Yeah. Uh, or two, you spray it with a hose, uh, preferably uh, with uh, soapy water instead of just regular water because then the soapy water uh, reduces surface tension of the water and the, and, the, and the water will actually soak through their exoskeletons and drown them. So okay. spray soapy water so you can get rid of them yep. or you bag them up, right? You get a ladder, you get a, you know, a, a big bee suit on and you climb up there with a, a burlap bag of some kind and you throw the, the nest in a bag and then you take the bag somewhere far, far away. But that, you know, that's not really relevant to our situation, but you've got two, two options here. You can either just wipe them out, right? Take, you know, uh, take a rocket launcher and like you have a nuclear option. Okay. We've, we've, we've had this uh, conversation before about a horde of tens of thousands of zombies. You have a nuclear option. You have communities that you want to get rid of, or let's let's assuming a goal of you want to get rid of the community. So let's assume you want to get rid of the uh, the hornet's nest. So you have a rocket launcher. That's your nuclear option. You have two options. You can throw rocks at the 
at, at the at the hornet's nest in order to make them make bad decisions and be tired. Yeah. Uh, you could destroy part of their nest by whacking it with a stick. That's, you know, analogous to the tree falling down. Uh, or you can shoot it with a rocket launcher and blow the whole goddamn thing up because you have a rocket launcher. Yes. So why would you throw rocks and hit it with a stick if you have the option to wipe it out? What happened to the spraying hose? <laughs> with soapy it's, water. It's too slow. It oh, doesn't, okay. not really analogous to a nuclear option, whereas Got a rocket it. launcher is. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I get, I get your point. Um, but here's, here's another thing I just thought of, and I don't want to talk about this forever because it's like four episodes ago, but, um, maybe if they release the entire horde on one of the communities, maybe they're like, that's only one out of three. The other guys are still going to be there, and we'll have used up our entire weapon on one community, to, and we still have two to deal with then, and no easy way to deal with them. So, so you only have one rocket launcher and three hornet's nests. That's right. So they better be close enough together that that one rocket launcher is going to take them all three out, and maybe they're not in this case. Okay, so then you're... Anyways, let's let's leave that for people to ponder. <laughs> okay. And see if anything comes of it and move on. Uh so, where were we? Um so, yeah, this this whisperer suggests they should release the entire herd. That's why we're talking about this. And then Alpha asks if anyone agrees. Nobody does. So she starts slicing him. And she starts saying little cuts will slowly wear away the sort of will to live, I guess, of these people. And that's the point she's making by slicing them with her knife, little bits here and there, which also hurts more in the long run too. So right. I wouldn't want to be sliced with a knife bit by bit. Um, and she says that the enemy's community will start collapsing from all these little cuts and they will know where to come for safety, implying that the communities will start to fall apart and they will come running to the Whisperers to help them. Okay, so that sort of makes sense. Sort except of. Except that they're not, they're not inflicting cuts. They're inflicting tiredness. It's like... But, the, but that's the thing. They are. They're inflicting little wounds, whether they're tiring them out or whatever. Little wounds, and a bunch of little wounds adds up to one big one that's going to take you down. Yeah. Okay, so I just I I think that uh, this is what the uh, spraying the hornet's nest with a hose is doing it's, it, with no soap. It's just you're spraying it with a hose. You're just like, wow, they're gonna get tired and they're gonna be wet. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, eventually that'll uh, make them uh, break down and want to uh, join your family instead of stinging you. Yeah, <sighs> or it's just gonna make them mad and they're gonna band together and be stronger and take you out. You never know. Could go either yeah. way. I think. Okay, so. I guess we can learn from this that Alpha has a plan and she's executing her plan and she used the murder of this fine gentleman as an example of the plan because he raised a question. He did, he did yes. He, he didn't just, uh, he didn't dissent. He didn't uh, get annoyed. He didn't get mad. He didn't question her ability. He just like, you know, is this really a good idea? Well, you've got to die. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's a good idea, and you've got to die. Yeah. Uh, he does die because Beta comes over and 
I think he puts a knife in the back of his neck, doesn't he? He yeah. He he stabs him in the somewhere not in the brain. Stabs him real good, yeah. Yeah. All right. So commercial break and we come back to my least favorite scene in the whole episode. Do I really have to do I have to say what I'm thinking or do you know what I'm thinking? Well, I, I'm not sure I do know what you're thinking, but do you want to say it now or do you want me to talk through the scene first? Uh no, go ahead. Okay. So Milo is there playing with a toy plane. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just came to me. Uh, Negan comes to talk to him. He sits down. He explains that he told Brandon to get lost because he was a bad guy. And Negan realizes that Milo has never experienced the world pre-zombie apocalypse. So he starts explaining things like what it's like to fly on a real airplane. And he sort of gets around eventually to pointing out how much stuff Milo or Milo will miss in this totally screwed up world. And it goes on to end more or less with a discussion of what nut tapping is. Uh huh. And Jason, I got to ask you a question. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is this a thing? Is this, is nut tapping something that kids do? Because, I didn't really know what it was. I haven't really ever heard of it. I do have one other experience with this phenomenon of nut tapping, and that comes from a very, very quick scene in Spider-Man Far From Home where, oh, is it is it Flash who nut taps someone or somebody nut taps Flash? They just come running through the scene and they flick him in the balls while he's doing something. I think this is a thing that certain groups of kids do. I've never done it or been part of it, but this didn't strike me as out of the out of the blue. Like it, it seems like a thing that a uh, a group of teenagers teenagers would actually do to each other. All right, so it's a thing. I'm just not. I'm so far removed from that kind of stage of life. Yeah. Uh, and I don't have teenage boys in the house. I have nearly teenage girls. I don't think they're going around nut tapping. I friggin' hope not anyways. Um, so I didn't really know what this was and I couldn't take it seriously. I'm like, this really, this is what we're getting. Negan talking to this kid about nut tapping and how great it is and like giving him pointers on how to do it. Like, are they trying to tell us that Negan is like an immature teenage boy at heart or what was the point of this? I didn't like it at all. Well, he's trying to relate to uh, Milo. He's trying to relate to him. He's, he, he, he used to be a teacher, right? So he knew that kids did this kind of thing, I assume, that this yeah. was his age bracket that, uh, you know, teaching grade eight or grade nine or what have you around the age of uh, uh, nut tapping. Uh, I don't know when that is because I've never done it or been part of it. Yeah. Uh, so my problem is that do I really have to say that once again, Negan is having a conversation with an adolescent about inappropriate topics. He's talking about balls and dick to an adolescent. I, I kind of agree with you this time. Um, I, I don't, I still don't have a problem with him having conversations with young people, but this one seems off-putting, right? It, it, can't, it can't be me. It, it just can't be me. It, it keeps happening. Uh, I don't think the writers are doing this on purpose, but they're 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 blind if they don't see the dangers of this kind of thing happening. Yeah, well, 
listener Jen in California wrote in and said, holy crap, am I the only one who is uncomfortable with Negan talking about nut punching with a kid? I'd say he looks junior high age, but still, that is not what I'd call a good small talk topic with some kid you just met. Yeah. And that's, no, it... kind, of, that's kind of the point, right? It does seem... It's it's weird here. It's off-putting, and it's Negan trying to appeal to this kid, I guess, or speak to him on his level, um, or Negan is like trying to feel good about himself by imparting some pre-zombie apocalypse, quote-unquote, wisdom on this kid and doing him a favor. It's like you you missed out on this, so I'm going to tell you all about it. Yeah, um, let's uh, let's move the conversation from talking about your penis and your balls because. Basically, he was saying, don't do not do that to me. So uh-huh. he's like basically saying, you know, I have a dick and balls and you have a dick and balls. <laughs> and uh, it's, yeah. you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't touch my dick and balls. Wink, wink. Anyway, yeah. uh, instead, we should move the conversation from that to why don't you describe Indiana Jones? Like just <laughs> tell him about Indiana Jones and uh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark and, you know, tell his story. About something sure. he missed. There was this movie once. Yeah. When uh, you know, and then there's all kinds of good storytelling you can tell uh, from movies. Yeah, dude. There's there's endless topics of conversation that would be more helpful, frankly, and just more yeah. appropriate with a kid who's looked to be maybe twelve. You know. Yeah. So Back to the Future would be like mind blowing to someone who's never seen a movie before, and all of a sudden, you know, growing up in the zombie apocalypse, all of a sudden you're talking about time travel. That's pretty cool. I never thought about that before. Yeah, it sounds totally. like a wonderful conversation to have with, uh, with with an adolescent, not whacking other people's junk. No. Now, to be fair, they kind of brought it around because by the end of the conversation, Negan says to this kid that he's going to take him to this place where they have walls and a big castle in the middle, and it's safe. And he's describing Hilltop. He says, "I'm going to yeah. take you to Hilltop. You just got to promise you don't." tell them who brought you there. So he finishes strong, I thought. You know, he it sounds like he's going to do the right thing for these people and take them somewhere where they can live a better life. Yeah. It's just getting to that point was dubious at best. <laughs> he's got to stop having these conversations. They got to stop writing these conversations with uh, between Negan and uh inappropriate conversation between Negan and young people. Well, they got to stop. I'm still not totally, but I'm still on the side of his conversations up to this point haven't been that inappropriate. But this one, he, I think, was annoying. Okay, so the first one and the, and the fourth one. This is the fourth time he's done that. The first one uh, I had a problem with was him talking to Judith about the people he murdered. Yeah, I okay, know. That's, that's inappropriate. Bad. I don't give a shit who you're talking to. If you're talking to an adolescent, you don't talk about the murders you've committed. <laughs> Yeah, as luckily most, most people don't have many stories like that, but sure, fair, fair point. Yeah, so, and then this one uh, that's gone into, you know, testicles, discussion of testicles. What, Regardless of the, the context of nut tapping, you're still talking about your testicles, his testicles, other people's testicles. Isn't it fun to talk about testicles? Sure. I wonder if I could say testicles again. Uh, probably a few more times. Now, if, if Milo had come up to him and asked him the question, you know, I have these things dangling between my legs. What are they? Then I think yeah. it would be appropriate to answer the question. But that's they're not for what tapping. Happened. Yeah, they're for they're, tapping. Right. <laughs> they have no other purpose, no other reason to be there. Oh, yeah, they're for tapping. That's it. 
All right. Well, we've talked about nut tapping quite a bit, I think. So it's time to move on. And our next scene is Gamma. She's leading another one of the walkers to the water. She kills it and starts carving it up. And then she flashes back to her sister being killed and various things that Alpha has done. Uh, and she gets flustered and loses her knife in the river and cuts her hand really badly. And then Aaron pops out of the woods, throws her a bandage, tries to introduce himself, kind of tries to communicate with her, but she just grabs the bandage and runs off. Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever, like, spent some time stabbing something, uh, but usually when you have a, a knife without, uh, like, a, a, a guard, like a sword, uh, when you when you stab some when you stab a lot, uh, your hand gets tired and slips, and you inevitably cut your own hand. So, what I'm saying is that if you're going to stab something repeatedly, uh, use the proper tools. Totally. In fact, using the proper tools for anything in life makes a big difference. Yeah, like a hammer. That's the, usually the proper tool for well, whatever you need. If, especially if everything you have is nails. Well, I mean, everything becomes a nail, but you could use you could drive screws, you could fix a door. Uh, <laughs> I mean, fix in quotes, air quotes. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's called percussive maintenance, right? Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, you whack it and it, it fixes it. You know, Got installing it. air filters in your furnace. <laughs> sure, <laughs> whatever you need, it, you get a hammer. Fix it, Felix. All he had was a hammer, and he fixed everything. Exactly, it was in his name. <laughs> Uh, all right, we cut over to Connie, Daryl, Magna, and Dog, and they have now found Kelly. She's unconscious against a tree. She's in pretty rough shape, so they give her some water, and Kelly and Magna reveal that they're the ones who've been stealing the supplies, and they're hiding them out here in the forest. Oh. Uh, Daryl, of course, questions why they would steal from these good people. And Connie suggests that they lie and say that they just found the stuff out there. So Connie wants to protect her friends. Daryl um, is not so sure, but, you know, he's wondering what to do here. Uh, but I have a question. Okay, what's your question? My question is, at the cold open, we saw uh, Kelly leaning against something and a zombie right behind her. Was that a hallucination? hallucination slash dream or was or did she somehow get away she somehow got away okay all right yada 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 she's tired and next to the stash that she uh she's been collecting yeah okay fair i I can take that it she they yada yada over her escape which is fine it's not the first time and there you go yeah um all right so back to negan he's gathering some wood he hears whistling again and brandon is back Hooray, bus. we missed Brandon. No, we didn't. I was hoping oh. he would go away and never come back. <laughs> right, right, right. I forgot. Um, turns out he's killed Amelia and her son Milo. So he's gone off the dickhead deep end and gone and killed these nice people. He starts going on about having the balls to do what had to be done, this and that. And Negan is upset, so he brutally murders him by smashing his head with a rock multiple times. Uh-huh, just like he did with uh, Abraham and Glenn. Only would not would use the bat, but this time he bashed somebody's head in with a rock. He know? did, which is even more personal in a way. Well, yeah. I mean, it's all pretty personal, but That's true. Uh, this, you know, it, it at least gets him on the on the Negan path, right? Well, it's, it's like, clear- hey, I remember bashing people's heads in with stuff. 
that was pretty cool. I used to do this a lot, and you can tell because when he's done, he gets up, he grabs his leather jacket, puts it on, takes the baseball bat, puts it over his shoulder, and walks away. Now he's going to be recognized. He really is. <laughs> he seems to be feeling pretty Neganish at this point. Yeah. So Brandon thought he was doing good. He thought it was, this whole thing was a test. You know, you were just testing me by sending me away. Uh, and what you really wanted me to do is come back and murder these people. So cool. I did it. Aren't we awesome? Aren't we awesome? But turned out didn't work out so well for Brandon. No, Brandon, you uh, misread the situation pretty badly mm -hmm. and uh, you paid for it. Now you're dead. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. What I, 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 I don't like Brandon for all the things I've, I've said here so far tonight, but do you think, Jason, it would have helped? if they had seeded into the show some kind of uh, hints that there was this sort of support for Negan below the surface a little bit. And I suppose you could argue that they have in some ways because there are they do make reference to people who want to kill Negan, um, but also maybe you could imply that there's the other side of that argument as well that there are people that want to let him go or something like that but to me it felt like that this whole Brandon thing kind of came out of nowhere you know he's a guy Negan escapes and suddenly there's this dude who's like obsessed with Negan wants to be him wants to wants him to regain his former glory or rebuild the sanctuary stuff like that and I just feel like it's been six years and suddenly this is happening now without any warning. I didn't quite yeah. buy it. So let me answer your question. Yes. So I think the show <laughs> could you. have benefited from uh, having this this uh, idea seeded prior to this. Like this did come out of nowhere. So yes, I agree with you uh, that some kind of uh, indication that there's this support there's people that still support him, even though he's in prison and want him to rise again. Um, that could have been useful. I think it would have helped a little bit, for sure. And it might have made it a little less surprising, what we got in this episode. But it would oh. have been a little easier to swallow that this was even happening at all. Right. Or the other side, that the support that Negan has doesn't exist. And so that we could, therefore, we couldn't have seen it. And it's just Brandon who is uh, obviously angry at the death of his parents still and right. uh, a full, full on, you know, homicidal psychopath who can't, doesn't have any kind of connection with, uh, with reality and, you know, general morality that Negan seems to have acquired over the last few years. So maybe Brandon is just a, you know, a psycho one-off. Yeah, maybe. But like, if, if, even if Brandon had been more of a character, even a tertiary character on the show, they could have, they could have seeded in not necessarily direct support for Negan, but maybe just some like mental health issues or something like that, that shows him not really being a team player or not being one of the group or having some strange violent tendencies or something, you know, just something that gave us a little backstory on Brandon before he just showed up out of nowhere to be like full on Negan and then get his head smashed in. You right. know, it felt a little bit like Brandon was a red shirt where, well, we need someone to die. No one died in a while. So let's throw in this guy and people will love to see him die because he's acting like Negan used to. Right. So, 
a little ham-fisted in general, in my opinion, and it might have helped if they'd seeded it into the show somehow before. That's that's what I was thinking when Brandon was finally gone. Also, God, I'm glad Brandon is finally gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had to lose a couple of, you know, characters that we'd never seen before. That, uh, But, you know, at least Brandon died, and now we have Negan back. Yeah, well, we kind of have Negan back. Um, but I think Negan's, which we'll get to, I think his uh, motivations are not quite clear yet. Right. Uh, but before that, uh, we've got Sadiq. Oh, we go, where do we go? We go to a commercial and then we come back and the group is returning to Hilltop with Kelly and the supplies. Yeah. Uh, which is good, but there's no real fallout from that yet. Instead, we see Sadiq on the radio with Dante. Dante's updating him on stuff that he's been doing. Sadiq asks about Rosita and he says that she's caught a little bug. So that may be Uh-oh. worried for her. You don't want people to get sick. Uh, um, some people get a cold, right? I know. Yeah, it's true. But why mention it? It feels like nothing is unimportant, right? So if they mention that Rosita's sick, now I'm worried for Rosita. <laughs> uh, you know, and she's a new mother. I don't want to see a new mother die off the show. That's true. Uh, not like we haven't seen it before. But anyways, um, he he asks to talk to Carol and as Dante is going to get Carol. Sadiq gets up, brings in Ezekiel, who sits down at the chair, and he hears Carol approaching the radio and then turns it off before he can talk to her. Yeah, why would he want to talk to her? That doesn't well, surprise me. No, I guess Ezekiel doesn't want to tell her. He's, he's been hiding it, you know, for a month now. He, he doesn't want to burden her. She's going through enough shit right now. I think he wants to tell her, but you're right. He might feel like he doesn't want to burden her with this or or he's afraid of how she's going to react or whatever, right? But we'll have to see. I hope, I don't know, I feel bad for Ezekiel. I hope he's able to make his peace with everybody before he just dies. Yeah. It's a bummer. Uh, Yumiko and Magna in their room. Yumiko confronts her about the stolen stuff and... Magna admits that she killed a man who hurt her cousin. And this is a bit of her backstory, right? And it turns out Yumiko actually was Magna's lawyer mm-hmm. when she was charged with this offense. And Yumiko al- says she always believed she was innocent the whole time. But now look at you, you're stealing supplies and you just admitted to me that you did kill the guy. So what the hell was I doing all this time? I had faith in you that was obviously misplaced. And this whole revelation really upsets her a lot. And Yumiko tells Magna to go sleep somewhere else. Yeah. So again, relationship falling apart, relationship based on lies or assumptions, not going to work out so well. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough trying to maintain a relationship when uh, you've murdered somebody and told your lawyer that you didn't (laughs) end up in a relationship with them. And then the zombie apocalypse happens. So it's tough. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you know, it's a it's an age old story, but uh, you know, it's tough. It is. Uh, we go over back to the whisperers, and Gamma reveals her hand wound to Alpha, and she admits that the man with the metal arm gave her the bandage. Uh huh. I like the man with the metal arm. That should be the title of a movie or something. Yes. Alpha removes Gamma's mask and talks about how the man with the metal arm could prove useful. 
Um, and, and she says, maybe now, Gamma, you will have to wear a new mask. And I think she's suggesting that Gamma is going to have to go on an undercover mission, pretending to defect from the Whisperers and infiltrate Alexandria. That's exactly correct. Okay, good. I'm not, I, nothing gets by me, see? Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. I think that's a... That's gonna. I think that's gonna be great. To be honest with you, I think that sounds like an awesome storyline. Yeah, it'll only play out for ten minutes, but yes, you never know. Gamma could be embedded into Alexandria as a spy for a long time, plenty of episodes, seasons of time, maybe. <sighs> we can't have the Whisperers be the bad guy for more than the season, right? No, I think they're gonna last. Really, um, I. I think the Whisperers, I think there will be some some sort of conclusion with them by the end of this season, but I don't think they're going to be completely gone. Um, but you never know. If it, it, My prediction is the Whisperers survive as sort of the bad guys until the mid-season of season 11 okay. next year. So not too much longer, but I'm thinking that we've got enough to keep them going this season and half of next. Yeah, but then what? Well, then there's other stuff to do, Jason. I've read the whole comic. <laughs> oh, there's other stuff in the comic? Okay, we can draw from that. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways, I think Gamma infiltrating them as a spy would be great. I look forward to that. I hope they do it. Um, but we go back to the hilltop. It's nighttime. Daryl tells Connie that he's going to escort Sadiq back to Alexandria. And she apologizes about Magda and Kelly and apologizes for asking him to lie for them. But good old new Daryl, he says he gets it, their family, and that's what you do for your family. Yeah. And then she calls Daryl part of her family, which was really sweet. That's right. You cover for your family that steals shit from other members of your family. Right. But you know what? There was a time when Daryl wouldn't have seen that nuance to this. He would have been like, you're stealing shit, you got to go. Uh, yeah. you know, he used to steal shit, and... People probably kicked him out all the time, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, final scene of the episode. We're with Negan in the woods, still at night. He crosses over the Whisperer's barbed wire border. He starts making all kinds of noise and doing his little pig, little pig routine. Remember that? Yep. Zombies start coming out. He starts killing them with the bat. He's, you know, wearing the jacket, of course. Uh, maybe now is the first time he put it on, because I wrote down he's wearing the jacket now. So maybe he didn't have it on earlier, but either way, he's full, at least full Negan costume at this point. Yeah. And before long, a whisperer grabs him and throws him to the ground, and Beta is there. Negan looks up at him and says, all right, you big-ass freak, let's do this. So what does he, he mean by that line? So he's defecting, right? He's well, usually when the... you say to someone, let's do this, it's like, let's have a fight. Well, yeah, but, you know, I was in a meeting today and we said, let's do this. And we weren't talking about fighting. We were talking about uh, uh, transferring IDs from one system to another so that they made sense for the third system that we need to move the data to. So, okay. And, and really, the conversation started with, let's do this. It was a coincidence, but so it, it was could... a fight. Yeah, okay, so it could either mean let's have a fight or let's work together against a common enemy. Yeah, you know, right. integration. <laughs> <laughs> that's your day-to-day -day enemy, right? Yeah, that's the enemy. The, the integration is the enemy. 
right. so you know, I think maybe he's defecting to the whispers or pretending to defect to the whispers. Maybe he's wearing the Negan costume in order to infiltrate the whispers in order to help uh, uh, Judith, I guess. Right. So there's all kinds of possibilities here. On one side, we've got Gamma, who may or may not be going to infiltrate the Alexandrians by pretending to defect. And now we've got Negan, whose motivations are even less clear because technically he's no friend of the Alexandrians or any of the communities. And he is going to join the Whisperers. So he's not really defecting. He's he's kind of a lone wolf acting on his own. Yeah. Uh, and we don't really know what that means yet. And we don't know what how Alexandria is going to react to it if he is trying to help them or not. It's all very unclear, but intriguing in my opinion. He, yeah, he's got a plan or he wants to, you know, pretend to defect so that he's standing there with uh, Lucille 2 next to Beta and then bonks him on the head. I think it's funny that we have a Lucille 2. <laughs> yeah. That's from uh, Arrested Development, right? Well, there's multiple loose seals in uh, Arrested Development. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Funny, I never really made that connection before, but yeah, Lucille was a big part of that show as well as this one. Yeah, his mother was Lucille, and then there was other Lucille, and then there was a Lucille that, I don't want to spoil Arrested Development, but damn it, if you haven't watched Arrested Development, at least go watch the first three seasons. After that, yeah. I'm not sure. After that, don't bother. Well, if you okay. want to, you can, but at least watch the first three seasons. They're very good. Um, so all kinds of stuff here popping up right at the end. Um, we could have full on Negan back or we have full on Negan pretending to be Negan who's working for our friends now, but how are they going to know and how are they going to react to it? So plenty of things. Um, this episode, Jason, I like more now that we've talked about it as sometimes is often the case. I'm not going to say I disliked this one, but I think it wasn't quite my favorite episode of, of season 10, maybe my uh, my least favorite so far. But after this conversation, you know, I'm getting more out of it and yeah. I'm looking forward to what it's leading to. I, I, I think I like it a bit more now that we've talked about it. Uh, you know, not least of all because I spent, uh, I watched it while I was very angry sitting in an airport waiting for a, uh, my new flight to take off while my old flight was canceled. Yeah, uh, and the uh, uh, the sound system in the airport was making a very annoying high pitched noise. Oh my god! Yeah, Most so you did day. not you did not watch it under ideal circumstances. Yeah, but, it was uh, it was not uh, it was not all that uh, all that pleasant. But uh, I like it more now. This is the noise. Oh, turn that off! Turn it off! That's what it was like sitting in the airport for uh, ten hours yesterday. Oh my God. I'm surprised you didn't like, I don't know, throw yourself in front of one of those little airport go-karts and try to end it all. Oh yeah. As they go like four kilometers an hour and they go, oh, sorry. Did we bump into you? Not go-kart, um, golf cart. They're one of those golf carts they yeah, drive yeah. around sometimes. They didn't fit in the area that I was waiting for. There was a, like a very narrow hallway with stairs and stuff. So they didn't have any carts that would fit oh. in that area. So all right. it'd be very difficult to throw myself in front of that. I could throw myself on the floor and say that I had some kind of incendiary device and then get beaten up and arrested. I'd have gone well, out of the airport that way. You wouldn't have made it to Kentucky if you'd done no, that. Oh, no. And I'd never go anywhere ever again. 
You're exactly. Hey, wait a minute. For you, that might not be a terrible thing. That'd be okay. okay I can't fly. I said something about an incendiary device in the uh, in the airport, and they won't let me fly anymore. Huh? Go figure. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. So episode got better after talking about it. We would love to hear what you guys think of it. So you know, regardless of what our opinion was, let us know what you thought about this uh, episode. Is Negan back, or is he not back? And, uh, you know, lots of other questions too. Yeah. Um, we are going to do our feedback show on Friday this week when both Jason and I are back at home in the regular studios. So you have an extra day to send in feedback. Um, and if you want to do that, there are lots of ways. You can go to our website at talkingdeadpodcast.com, clicking on send voicemail at the top and recording a message right into your computer. You can also use your phone if you have a smartphone, and record a message that way and then email it to us. That usually gives the best audio quality. And if you'd like to email that or any other just, you know, written emails, you can do so by sending them to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. You're giving me a funny look, Jason. What's up? Nothing. I was thinking about the airport noise again. You're recording a voice memo. That's exactly what I did, and I recorded the airport airport noise, and it's annoying me. Retroactively. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah. Please don't record loud, high-pitched noises and send them to us. That not will not be appreciated. That's the, that's the wrong kind of feedback. We, we, would, we would want like some kind of, you know, tell us what your feedback is. Don't record feedback and send it to us. Yeah. Very, very bad. I will be upset if you do that. Uh, what else? You can check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Dead. Or you can leave us reviews on whatever platform you get your podcasts on, including Apple Podcasts. That's a great way to help spread the word around about this podcast and, uh, you know, to other Walking Dead fans. So there you go. From Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida, and (laughs) Lexington, Kentucky in Kentucky. (laughs) Very good. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thank you for listening. Bye.